0: Have you ordered something online lately? I'm going to take a chance and say that you probably have. From the moment you hit purchase, a cavalcade of movement begins. Have you ever ordered, taken home, and purchased a piece of kit furniture like a wall unit? You might say that assembling one is almost a meme. Well, our guest speaker today works for a company whose current project includes assembling the office furniture for two 40-plus-story office buildings in the Mideast with enough furniture for hundreds of people on each floor. Kind of makes complaints about assembling a wall unit a bit of a joke. It is astounding the speed it takes for a product built to your customized specifications to end up right outside your door. How is it possible? Well, remember when the Ever Given container ship got stuck in the Suez Canal back in March? Remember the disruption and headlines its grounding created? A giant container
1: ship wedged from bank to bank, blocking one of the world's most important shipping lanes.
2: That massive container ship still stuck, blocking traffic in both directions, causing a giant traffic jam for ships that move much of the world's goods.
0: Well, on a typical day, there are six Thousand cargo ships sailing the world's oceans moving freight. It is an incredibly complex web of logistics fed and managed by equally complex industry ecosystems. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Future Enterprise, a podcast proudly presented by the thought leaders at IDC. I'm your host, Joe Puccinelli, Group Vice President and IT Executive Advisor. Today I'm excited to unpack the complex world of industry ecosystems, from what it is to how it runs and how it's revolutionizing the world of business. We'll also hear from a global leader in creative, tailored, unique, often customized interior office environments. I want to start with a personal conversation I had with an executive from a car seat manufacturer in Europe he asked me to guess how long it takes his company to make and deliver to the assembly line a full set of seats for the customer's automobile factory. He reminded me of the many choices of styles, fabrics, features, etc. Not wanting to seem the fool, I guessed two weeks. Well, of course I was wrong. He explained that his company has 60 minutes, just one hour from the time it receives an order to the delivery deadline. I must admit his answer truly surprised me. This is the pace of our world. It's both exciting how efficient the machinery of industry is, as well as a bit frightening. The synchronization and precision of so many moving parts can be a bit hard to fathom. This new reality is the result of industry ecosystems. And to help us dive deeper into the topic, it's my pleasure now to introduce Jeff Hoylo, our Research Vice President of the Future of Industry Ecosystems. Jeff, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, Jeff. Great to be here.
0: So let's get right to it. Jeff, can you explain what an industry ecosystem is, what it does and what it looks like?
3: Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, you know, think about an ecosystem, a biological ecosystem. It's the complex community of organisms working together and functioning as an ecological unit, right? So let's parlay that to a business, uh, you know, value chain and industry ecosystem. You know, what an industry ecosystem is, is really the evolution of a traditional value chain approach that exists has existed across the industry for years into a set of organisms or entities or partners working together as a complex uh, interdisciplinary uh, unit uh, in an open iterative way right for innovation for resilience and flexibility and to deliver on the end consumer's needs
0: so so jeff when you you know discuss this in the context of the pandemic you know is is there a is there a pivot is there a delta what we've seen as a result of the pandemic and how it's impacted industry ecosystems
3: Yeah, I think the difference is that, you know, the traditional way of working with partners is kind of in a a linear, uh, you know, uh, end-to-end project oriented approach versus kind of iterative, open and closed loop where you're constantly working with partners uh, for not only sourcing materials and services and support for customers, uh, but you're engaging with them at an early stage of delivery of products and services, even from the point of design, and innovation all the way to the end point fast forward to the customer experience or the citizen experience or the patient experience whatever industry you're you know you're discussing
0: and and jeff i think you've done a great job of setting the stage for our guest at this point i'd like to bring in someone who lives the reality of a complex industry ecosystem every day it's my pleasure to meet john camacchio the vice president and chief information officer at technion john welcome to the podcast well, thank you, Joe. Uh, very nice to be here, and hello, Jeff. Hey, John. Maybe to start, John, can you briefly explain what Technion does for those of us that aren't familiar with your company?
1: Sure, we design, engineer, and manufacture high-end office furniture that will fit our multinational clients' office towers and campuses around the world that will be designed to size, fit to size, and and fit their culture uh, and and their workplace. So, you know, John, you have a company that has a truly global reach with operations
0: touching nearly every continent on the planet. What does Technion offer in the marketplace, and why does that require such an international scope?
1: Well, uh, basically, uh, our clients uh, are global by nature, and they tend to buy office furniture worldwide worldwide. Uh, through one operating office uh, to create their own efficiency for themselves. They also want to create a similar culture around the world for the kind of campuses that they build. Uh, So from our perspective, what we offer is we offer that global reach, but we also offer very high-end design furniture products with the ability to customize them, because we are a vertically integrated manufacturer. We own the entire supply chain. So we can build one of something and 10,000 of many other things.
0: So let's get back to the topic, John. You heard the opening monologue here. In your world, how are industry ecosystems coming into play?
1: Uh, Industry ecosystems are very important in our world. We have our own ecosystems that go from specification to order operations, manufacturing, logistics, shipping, installation. Uh, and, and that takes a, our product right to the customer door. We then have to punch in and, and connect to our distributors' ecosystems because they're responsible for local installation by each city and area. And of course, we then have to uh, connect to our customer ecosystems, and their marketplaces around purchasing POs and, and financial exchange. So, so John, I mean,
0: you know, this is a, a complex process with a lot of moving pieces, You know, would it be helpful if you could maybe back up a half step and kind of give us the flow from quote through ordering, through manufacturing, to delivery, to installation might look like for a
1: particular facility? Absolutely. So each building, of course, has a engineered layout uh, by floor plan. So the furniture virtually is laid out on a CAD drawing by floor plate. Uh, Then, of course, we go through, uh, we bring the image to life using uh, technology, rendering technology, so you can actually see it. And once it's approved, the image, in essence, becomes the order. Those items, of course, get costed, discounted. They get passed to finance for invoicing, of course, and AR. And they get passed into the manufacturing system, which then explodes into bill of materials. The bill of materials are then assessed as to what plant they go to based on what has to be built and the machinery they have and the capability they have. And that, that, that's what's interesting about the plants. In some cases, they're each actually working blind as to what the end product will be. And you can see that the care they take and the customization they take to make sure that their part and their pieces and their items are 100% accurate. They're then, when they get to the end of docket manufacturing, the packaging instructions are assigned. They're fed to our logistics system, which plans the trucks as they come to a consolidation center. They're then uh, put away in the consolidation center, picked, packed and shipped based on the optimal delivery schedule required by a client, which would be by floor. Uh, And and then, of course, when we get there, we deploy and most of these buildings are urban. And then the the installation floor that you're doing is actually our assembly line. And while you're installing furniture, the AV guys are there, the carpet guys are there, the guys installing kitchens, maybe the guys are finishing windows and window treatments and lights, etc. So it's not a very clean environment, so you've got to really project manage the installation of that and you're dealing with a very difficult environment. And then it all comes together uh and we wait for a certificate of completion after we've done all the floors and get a sign off we trigger the ar and then we move on to the next and it goes into day two which goes to our dealer distributor if there's any post-installation uh uh, or service or warranty issues that happen in that ecosystem that we have between our dealers and our warranty and service uh start to reconnect as well john thank you so much I i have to pause for a moment
0: Jeff, I, I want to pivot to you as our as our resident subject matter expert. I, I'm absorbing this complexity and the number of moving pieces, and frankly, it's a bit overwhelming when we talk about industry ecosystems. I didn't have an appreciation for the number of moving parts. Uh, could you elaborate on that?
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to, to hear. And my you know my first thought is uh, how do you manage all that information, keep everyone on the same page, right? I guess to see age old uh, challenge. Uh, and I think this you know, this is where when you have not only a complex set of interdisciplinary parts or people or entities working together within a company, but external to a company, part of an industry ecosystem, it becomes even more important to take that shared data, shared application, shared operations approach so that everyone has visibility into the process, the data and knowledge that can be shared freely among the team. Uh, the changes can be made, and so so you know upmo- the utmost quality experience can be ensured for the end user. In this case, the uh, the occupants of the building or the workers in, in in a workspace. The, the only other comment I'd, I'd add, Joe, is uh, is one element to the future of industry ecosystem model I didn't talk about, and that is uh, this notion of blended physical and digital working together is really an important component of industry ecosystems, right? And so. You know, a lot of talk about digital twins over the years, it's not exactly what we're talking about here. It's really looking at the, you know, the end consumer or citizen or patient or whatever it is and saying, how do I use technology and data to have this blended physical and digital approach, you know, to provide feedback and collaborate upstream with design or, you know, downstream with the owner, uh, that physical digital blend becomes really important.
0: I think we've set the stage here for a compelling conversation about the complexity of industry ecosystems. Let's take a quick break. Stay with us because we're going to take you into the belly of the machine and hear from a fascinating artist in residence from London who works with John. You're listening to Future Enterprise, a new forward-thinking podcast from IDC focused on how data and technology are reshaping the workplace, applied intelligence and software. I'm your host, Joe Puccarelli. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to follow and like wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Twitter and LinkedIn. Just search for IDC. Hello again. Today I'm talking about the future of industry ecosystems with John Camacchio from Technion and our in house subject matter expert here at IDC, Jeff Hoylo. So I'm really excited for this part. We're going to take you over to London. Some would argue the epicenter of design. Pearson Lloyd is an artist in residence design firm with Technion. They're responsible for innovating that fresh look that John's customers are looking for. Let's have a listen at the thinking they're putting into developing those designs.
2: It is emotional. People fall in love with furniture.
0: And I think it's been underrated for maybe the past 40 or 50 years in terms of office landscape design. It's sort of been forgotten. You might actually need to enjoy the place you're in.
1: I think the core of the sort of DNA of the product is a sort of mix between a very welcoming set of spaces, but
2: but allows a very dynamic kind of work experience. So we've layered a kind of critical understanding of work style with a kind of craft expression that's practical, but, but warm.
0: I think the future of the workplace, for me, if I had hope, it would be about flexibility, opportunity, and happiness. So I think we have to kind of create a different work model where people can feel really happy. This is pretty much the start of the customer experience with Technion. Uncovering the values and desires of the customer is part of that. We're going to continue along this path of following the thread through the industry ecosystems. But Jeff... First, I want to get your thoughts on what you've just heard.
3: You know, my thoughts are that every industry ecosystem has its own mission. So the architecture, engineering, and construction market is uh, the market that entails the, the design, construction, and operation of buildings, facilities, uh, and infrastructure, the AEC industry from design through construction, installation, and all the way to the end owner has the mission of creating and continually delivering comfortable, safe, and happy experiences for the people who live and work in those buildings and facilities.
0: So, so John, you know, we had the opportunity to hear Pearson Lloyd, and I, I have to tell you, I the, the emotion and the passion and the engagement that he shared in that brief clip with us as to how he thinks about uh, office environments was really striking to me. Um, it, I love working with individuals who bring such passion and engagement to, to what they focus on. Is there anything you can you know, highlight
1: on that discussion? I, I think you know your workplace is such an important place for you to be. And, and I think you know what what uh, Pearson Lloyd bring, is that concept of you have to it has to be beautiful. So I think the idea of making it beautiful, engaging but also extremely functional for today's world and all that can allow you to actually function better, engage better and actually contribute better.
3: If I can interject, I, I think uh, what's, what's interesting um, we, we had a global survey that looked at you know how companies are currently approaching and planning to approach their industry ecosystem strategy is to better understand customer and demand insights along the way and I think uh, it's really important to be tied into exactly what the customer wants so you can deliver that that you know kind of happy uh, place workplace that people want to go to.
0: So let's move to the next step. the designs are done the customer is happy with them. Now we're going to head to the manufacturing plant as they look at all the things needed for the new designs.
2: This is a dedicated production line with dedicated people who understand the product and the equipment. The first step of the process is the gluing the metal sheet on the particle board by using a water-based liquid glue. So we use a dedicated equipment to put the glue on the particle board, and uh, after that, we put the metal sheet on the particle board. For the second step of the process, we apply the fabric on the particle board by hand. The next step is the heat press. We bound the fabric on the panel by using the heat press. This is a custom machine modified here by the people here. We can process any size of panel in this machine. After the heat press process, we have to uh, wrap the fabric on the back of the panels. So we develop a machine inside the factory to do that. The final step is the quality inspection. So we flip the panel to see the visual side. At this step, you want to make sure that everything is perfect for the client. At the end of the day, it's our job to make our customers need a reality that is cost-effective, good quality, and efficient.
0: So I believe this is where you start to see the reach of the industry ecosystem really broaden. There are other companies providing the raw materials from around the world. There are the specifications from the folks in London. And now they're heading full steam to the customer.
1: So as they leave the plant, Uh, We then ship it right to their door. We we bring it up to the installation floor and we make sure that it's installed properly. And we've got uh, certified installers, but we also have a lot of labor that comes in to help move things around. In some cases, uh, we'll use our our actual training channel, which is a YouTube channel, to actually have YouTube videos around the installation process to help train on site. And we also have some situations where the walls, they were poured, they're not even. One side is, is actually somewhat crooked in that side, so we have to do some modifications. So uh, using FaceTime, back to engineering, and if we modify this extrusion or this panel, will we ruin it, it will, will, will create a problem uh, ongoing, and can we actually get the installation done. So a lot of ecosystems leveraged and a lot of data-driven ecosystems, all at the, at the, at the point of installation being leveraged. Thank you so much, John. Jeff, I, I have to say, we're,
0: we're as we peel back each layer of this onion, I, I'm becoming more overwhelmed. We were a moment ago in the factory and we were talking about a need to customize the machinery in order to manufacture the product. John just added that when the, the product al- arrives to be assembled, there are, you know, minor imperfections in the building which have to be accommodated um, during the installation process by workers who are guided by a, a YouTube video channel on how to assemble the product and make on-the-spot engineering changes. Uh, please help me understand this
3: Yeah and, and this is where you know the importance of, uh, of digital and working off a unified set of data and knowledge becomes of the utmost importance right and I think about the connection between design and manufacturing, which is what the clip addressed. Uh, that's that's where customer needs are realized at that stage, right? So there needs to be that close connection, bidirectional connection between those those areas. To your point about John's point about installation, um, engineering changes always happen uh, on the job site. The architects put together a design. They have the building model. You know the furniture's laid out and how the the different rooms and offices are gonna are going to appear or facilities are going to appear. Uh, and they get to the real world and they, they say to themselves, well, we, we need to shift that ventilation a little bit or this wall doesn't really work right here, right? So on-site changes happen, but there needs to be yet validation that quality that a quality product will be delivered for the end user.
0: So, so Jeff, you really you said one word and it really stood out for me. You talked about the bidirectional flow of data. And then with that, that one term, you've instantiated what's different? for me about these industry ecosystems because it it's this bi-directional flow of information in real time. So John, as the technology leader at, uh, at Technion, the bi-directional flow of information clearly falls into your domain. Uh, is there anything you can add to that?
1: Uh, I, I would say that the, bi- the bi-directional flow is so important But the consumer of that flow is even more important. So the example that Jeff gave about the engineering changes and the certified installers that we have on site, they have the power to make those decisions. And they can guide any temporary installers that are around, but they still need that data and that information. And the consumption of that data has to be real time. And it has to be tied to the the customer journey, which is tied to the order which is tied to how we process the, the item, how we actually uh, process the bill of materials and how we ship the product. So all those ecosystems tie in and end up on the on the customer's floor and the certified installers are making decisions based on engineering changes that have happened and also giving guidance to the other employees that are there to complete the install because we also are on a very tight schedule to install as well, right? So
0: there you have it. A glimpse into an amazingly complex industry ecosystem, in this case a Technion. For many of us, we enjoy the benefits of these ships daily and rarely think about their many moving parts, including those 6,000 container ships. So the way I've seen this come into play seems to show us a truly connected and globalized world. Yet global trade and companies collaborating isn't necessarily a new concept. We could draw examples from the industrial revolution if we liked, but what really makes us stand apart today is the acceleration made possible by new, pervasive digital technologies. Jeff, can you expand on that?
3: Yeah, first of all, that's right, Joe. Marketplaces and global trade works are not new. If you want to go back even further, we could talk about the fairs of Champagne, France, and marketplaces they had there. That might be the, one of the earliest in recent history. Uh, but you know, this—you know—what's what, new uh, is, is this rapid acceleration to digital, right? Uh, all of these um, paradigms that have been in place for years marketplaces networks business networks really have been uh, companies can really take advantage of them through digital technology I,
0: I have to tell you I, I'm still reflecting on this bi-directional flow of data and the other really striking comment was the the management of the complexity and delivering high levels of quality, um, finished product to the, to the end customer. John, can you expand on that?
1: Sure. Uh, I think one of the keys that, that, that Jeff sort of mentioned, if you look at each of the ecosystems and how we're all in a bit of a silo, but we all have to horizontally participate in this dance You know, from the time that, that, that we get the order to the time we deliver the order. And the data it, it has to be so accurate to make that work. And I think that's one of the big differences in, t- in today's world is that the data has to be accurate across ecosystems, not just within your own. We can see how bringing digital applications and information sharing is essential to
0: growing a business, but let's talk about the risks of running a company like yours today when unpredictable factors hit your business. For example, here in the first week of September 2021, there are 43 container ships off the West Coast of the U.S. awaiting a berth to unload, an all-time record, causing delays, disruption, and delivery uncertainty. In your experience, how do industry ecosystems adapt to these situations?
1: And that's an excellent example. We have to be very cognizant of which way we can go, what's available, what's not available. So there's always a pulse taken on what what we have to get done, what we can actually build based on the supply chain difficulties that everyone's facing in the world today, um, and then how we can deliver that. Those factors come into w- when and how we do things, and that's very different than many years ago when people just built it, pushed it to the dock, got it into a truck, and said, "Well, hopefully, you know, you, things will happen." But now everything is timed. That adds the complexity to the end to the orchestration that we have to work with. So, Jeff, you know, as we discuss and we contemplate this
0: this challenge of logistics, I, I think we've reached a point in society where. The average person has some appreciation of the complexity and the importance of these supply chains. Um, is that something you can uh, elaborate on for us?
3: Yeah, I mean, the top, according to our supply chain research, the top area of focus, not a surprise, or biggest challenge is uh, around attaining visibility across an ecosystem and supply chain, collective visibility across that supply chain. And so I think from a modeling standpoint, you know, kind of a term you think about. Uh, from a design and product innovation standpoint, or service innovation, you model and design new products and services. You also need to model and design your industry ecosystem and your supply chain. Uh, and then, from an options standpoint, what are the different options that I have to bring to bear the different pieces pieces of the puzzle I can bring together uh, to address the customer needs? And that puzzle may be different for every every customer, right?
0: So, so Jeff, as you were talking about options, what was going through my mind is that I'm aware that some of the automobile manufacturers have changed the standard configuration of their models to reduce the number of semiconductors that are necessary to manufacture the products. And as you're thinking, you're, you're talking about the options, that's what's going through my mind. They're literally changing the design of the product such as to reduce the the need for certain components which are hard to source. Uh,
1: John, is that something that you're doing as well to to adapt to these changing times? Uh, absolutely, right. And, and the modeling is the key that Jeff mentioned, Joe. And your example is perfect, right? So when we when we are, are close to getting an order after a lot of work and effort around the design aspect, you know, we're actually doing an order preview. That order preview comes into an ecosystem around sales, but and operations, but also ends up in the factory and in the in logistics and everyone has their modeling piece so the the manufacturers are looking at where's my supply chain my raw materials if I, if this order comes in the next 2 weeks and i'm already ordering these products i should order more to make sure i get them the logistics guys are already doing a model on how many containers they need and looking at the container fleet and they can they start putting a hold on containers and they're they're in advance thinking this through and then, of course, from an operations perspective, they're, they're starting to organize the distributors, get the installers, get organized around on installation. And they start organizing all this and all this predictive information that is was predicted turns into real and it goes through the ecosystem. It's already ready.
0: Well, we're starting to wrap up now, which means it's time for our lightning round. I'll give each of you one minute to summarize what each of you think are the three most interesting or perhaps counterintuitive insights into industry ecosystems you've gleaned from our conversation today.
1: John, can you kick us off? Sure, I think the first thing that I think about, especially with just commentary and your questions, is how do we build a faster and more agile operating model? And with these ecosystems, that faster and agile operating model can be there. The second part strikes me is that innovation. It's hard to create this innovation on your own. If you can look at those ecosystems that exist, those platforms and buy that innovation, I think that's going to be very, very helpful for you. And as a CIO, you should never hesitate to buy innovation because speed is of the essence. And I'd say the third thing is is the operational effectiveness of these ecosystems. You have to find a way to have balanced oversight of all these ecosystems because they're all bubbling at the same time. And they're all going to be interchanging at the same time. And I think the operational effectiveness sometimes is overlooked by digital transformation and strategy as acumen that a CIO has to have. But the operational effectiveness and the balanced oversight is that third leg of that stool of what a CIO should do.
0: Thank you so much, John. Now over to you, Jeff, the three most important or counterintuitive insights from our discussion today.
3: Again, back to the complexity on on multiple fronts, the complexity of multiple participants in an industry ecosystem needing to work together on a single data model in as real time as possible to deliver on the customer needs. Um, You know, the second thing is, you know, what we've talked about here is just building off that is that it's important to have a systems approach to thinking, a model-based approach to uh, to, to thinking about how you work with your industry ecosystem partners, right? And the other is a comment uh, that John made earlier um, about multiple ecosystems working together, right? The, the Technion ecosystem, but there's also the distributors ecosystem. There's the customer's ecosystem. There are other suppliers' ecosystems, or even maybe material suppliers from overseas uh, that need to really be you know, blended together in a physical and digital way, as I talked about earlier. So I think everyone kind of has their own, every organization has their own ecosystem. How do, you, how do you kind of bring those together in a coherent
0: way? I have to say, again, this has been a tremendous conversation. John, I'd like to pose a final question to you. As I reflect on, on where we are in the maturation of, of our industry ecosystems, is there anything you can share with us that gives us a hint of what you see as the opportunities to further improve and enhance the performance of industry ecosystems like the one that you're participating in?
1: Absolutely, Joe. I think one of the key areas of focus is as we reimagine our business in a digital form and and working with your executive peers around the flow and the process of that business and making sure that everything has a digital element. All of a sudden everything has come down from process to data and that's how you can exchange with the ecosystem. And all of a sudden we maybe might be able to push some of the data requirements in ecosystem processing and, and actually execution to a partner that then blends into us. And I think that reimagining uh, our business in a digital way, even if you make stuff, you know, we're a physical business, but we have to blend it with a digital world. And I think that's the key. John, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much, Joe. I enjoyed the conversation very much with you and Jeff. Thank you.
0: I'm Joe Puccarelli and this is Future Enterprise brought to you by IDC. If you'd like to learn more about the future of industry ecosystems or any of our other future of practices, you can find our full research hub at idc.com. Join us next time when we'll be diving into the head-spinning future of digital infrastructure. Until then, thanks for listening.